All right, hello, and welcome back to uh, the Paisley cast. Um, I switched chairs, so it should be less loud, hopefully. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's fine. Um, this next episode, we are going over some Ramdas quotes. I hope you enjoyed the, the first episode. Maybe, hope, maybe maybe you'll just realize, like, oh, shit, this is boring, and then you'll you'll just watch the first episode and be like, oh, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> but... Uh, let's get started. I don't want to like breathe into the mic or else it'll be like super loud. So it's my bad. Let's see. Hopefully I'm in frame. Hopefully my sister doesn't fucking vacuum again. Okay. Last edited May 10th. So these are some Ram Dass quotes. Together we are all on a journey called life. We are a little broken and a little shattered inside. Each one of us is aspiring to make it to the end. None is deprived of pain here, and we have all suffered in our own ways. I think our journey is all about healing ourselves and healing each other in our own special ways. Let's just help each other put all the pieces back together and make it to the end more beautifully. Let us help each other survive. Hmm. I've heard that quote before. A lot of these I've heard before because you've sent them to me. But I I really like that one because it's so, it feels very uniting. Like, it feels like, you know, when he says no one's devoid of pain or, what does he say? No one is deprived of pain. It's, uh, It's very true, you know, with... All the people that exist, they're, we're all very different, but in one way we're all alike is that we all experience pain. So I, I like the, the mindset or the, the message that we should be we should be helping each other heal because we are none of us none of us are exempt from feeling pain. That's a good start. Being conscious is cutting through your own melodrama, and being right here. Exist in no mind, be empty, here now, and trust that a situation arises. Out of you will come what is necessary to deal with that situation, including the use of your intellect when appropriate. Your intellect need not to be, need not be constantly held on to keep reassuring you that you know where you're at, out of fear of loss of control. That one's a little harder to interpret, but I think uh, it's just, it talks about letting you, just trusting in your own intelligence. Just trusting that you'll know. I think, uh, I think that's what that means, or that, what the message is, is trying to get at. Ultimately, when you stop identifying so much with your physical body and with your your psychological identity, that anxiety starts to disintegrate, and you start to define yourself as in flow with the universe. And whatever comes along, death, life, joy, sadness, is a grist for the mill of awakening. I think that talks about how, um, how easier it is to exist when you know when to let go of your ego. Because obviously you can't destroy the ego. It's a it's a part of you, whether you want it to or not. But 
learning to let go it it i do feel like it uplifts you it lifts you know a lot of weight off your chest and you're just like you know i'm not my body i'm not my thoughts i just am and that's pretty great that you can just be i think why i think that's why it's so powerful being uh, being alone because when you're alone it's very easy to get into that that place that place where you can just be cuz then you don't feel obligated to be a certain way to say certain things to look a certain way when there's no one around you so i think that's a, another reason why being alone is so powerful let it all go or let it all go by just be here don't judge don't try don't stop don't start just be here it's all just enough it is enough to know that i love you that's really sweet i think that's kind of like a a continuation of the last quote but the added you know i love you at the end is very it's very warm feeling time is a box formed by thoughts of the past and future dwelling in the moment is dwelling in the soul which is an eternal presence when you're outside of time there's no subject or object but from within here and now you watch time go by you are not being in time you are just being as if you were standing on a bridge and watching time go by i think that's a commentary on how you know time isn't real we say it all the time you know time isn't real i think just acknowledging that it's there is enough cuz you're not stopping it you're not controlling it it just is what it is suffering is a part of our training program for becoming wise mm that's a that's a short quote but that's a that's a it's a very very rich quote because it's true i think um wisdom you can take away a lot of wisdom if you go through suffering and sometimes you know sometimes you've told me that you don't think suffering is necessary to attain wisdom and i think that's i don't think that's fully accurate i think it it's more accurate what what you're saying is that you don't personally have to go through that suffering to to learn but someone did have to go through that suffering or you had to observe you know suffering of some other kind to learn from a hindu perspective you are born with what you need to deal with and if you try to push whatever it is away it's got you you take birth as a human because you love because you have karma which is your clingings of mind as it says to the tao the tao tao the truth waits for eyes unclouded by longing again and again you make decisions that end up not being in the deepest harmony with the ways of things the art of growth has to do with how quickly you admit error and start making decisions that arise out of wisdom i think that last uh, that last sentence really speaks for the whole quote and they they talk about karma in this which you know i i think karma is real but i don't think it's like a like a supernatural entity but yeah the art of growth has to do with how quickly you admit error So yeah, I I find that to be very true because with a lot of mistakes I've made, um the faster I move on with it is dependent on how willing to accept um 
the fact that I made a mistake is, or at least I guess it would be like how fast I, the rate in which I accept mistakes is how fast I'll be able to, to move past them, which is, you know, pretty straightforward. I would say it is the continuing work of life, learning to trust that the universe is unfolding exactly as it should. No matter how it looks, you learn to appreciate that you have a part in nurturing this interconnected whole and healing it where it has been torn. Discover what your individual contribution can be, then give yourself fully to it. I think that speaks to a a lot of, or it speaks to finding your purpose in life, because it's easy to get caught in, it's easy to get caught in existentialism, and it's easy to get caught in a way of thinking that's very that makes you feel insignificant. And I think this is a good quote to remind you that, you know, you are, you're here for a reason and you have a purpose and it, you know, it may be hard to, it may be hard to see it sometimes, but you are a part of something just looking down at yourself and being here and like realizing that you're here, you're a part of something. And I think that's what this quote, uh, really, tries to express you know your everything is exactly how it should be is uh you know you've told me that before your ego is a set of thoughts that define your universe it's like a familiar room built of thoughts you see the world through its windows you are secure in it but to the extent that you are afraid to venture outside it has become a prison your ego has you conned you believe what you need, your specific thoughts to survive. The ego controls you through fear and the loss of identity. To give up these thoughts, it seems, would annihilate you, so you cling to them. There is an alternative. You needn't destroy the ego to escape its tyranny. You can keep this familiar room as to use as you wish, and you can be free to come and go. First, you need to know that you are infinitely more than the ego room by which you define yourself. Once you know this, you have the power to change the ego from prison to home base. I really like that quote. It it like it's a very eloquent way of saying like the things I said about the ego earlier. How it's once you become aware of the ego um, and realize you can't destroy it, you can use it as a tool. Um, there are certain things about the ego that that you need. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be self-indulgent in the ego and let your ego become too large and controlling. But there's a place, there's a time and place where you need to use your ego. And I guess that's what the last sentence would, would be expressive of. Once you know this, you have the power to change the ego from a prison to a home base. So, yeah, that's a really good way to put it because... Some people, they, they use their, they're not aware of their ego, so it has so much control over them. But once you become aware of it, you can use it when, when you need to. Total honesty with ourselves. Total honesty. If we make a mistake, admit it and get on with it. Don't cover errors. The whole spiritual journey is a continuous act of falling in our faces. Falling on our faces. And we get up, brush ourselves off, and get on with it. If we were perfect, 
We wouldn't even go on a journey. We can't be afraid of making errors. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think making errors is necessary. And uh, like I said earlier, um, it was a very long-winded way of me saying um, learn from your mistakes. But yeah, once you learn to accept mistakes, um, things are much things are much easier. And trying to cover up your mistakes is a lot more effort. And it's largely unproductive. Wherever you are, be it at the beginning of the journey, while on your way, or resting comfortably, comfortably at some height, you must acknowledge where you are. That is the key to further growth. You should keep some perspective about the entire journey so that you will not sink into complacency, feeling you have finished the journey when you have not even begun to approach liberation. I think that that speaks on um, how you, no matter how far you are into your spiritual journey, you're never truly finished. And if you think you're finished, then you just turn the page and realize you have the whole rest of the book to go to go on through. I don't I hope you didn't hear the child screaming. I hope he doesn't scream again. But I think yeah, I think that's what that that try that tries to hit on or that tries to hammer home that um I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, wherever you are in your journey, you're not done. Um, you know, uh, just it, no matter how you look at it, there's always somewhere where you can move forward. You're are you are listening as well as you can to the universe, and often you will see that when things start to happen a certain way, your mind will focus on that because you're looking for patterns, which we call synchronicity. Um, if you want the lame like sciencey psychologist definition uh i guess i would it's kind of like talking about the concept of confirmation bias once you uh recognize something you start seeing it everywhere but i think uh that's a very it's a very nice way to define synchronicity i think uh, it feels very it feels very personal Oh shit, there's the rest of this quote that I didn't read because I thought it was another quote. Often you will get caught in your desire to find a pattern that will give you an external validation for what you're doing. You just end up using the universe again to do it yourself. So stay with your truth from moment to moment and get clues wherever you mean or wherever you can. I mean, I'll open up the Shang Tzu and <laughs> read something when I have a question. And if it doesn't feel good, I say, I say well, that was interesting and I close it. If it feels like what I wanted to do anyway, I say, oh, wow, synchronicity, and I do it. So I've learned that I'm a complete phony anyway, so I might as well just honor it and get on with it. Hmm. I guess that's a, you know how I said, like, confirmation bias earlier? I guess that's like a, it's a showing awareness of what the, what the concept is and kind of poking fun at it. And I think, I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I like that. By telling us to see everything as a mother, as the mother, I think Maraharahi meant us to use every detail of life as grist for the mill of our spiritual development. Every experience is a mirror reflecting where we are in our consciousness, 
and our work of the moment, in the compassionate embrace of the mother. The layers of old habits, preconceptions, and residues of past experiences can dissolve in the ocean of maternal affection. Hmm. That one's a little harder to for me to interpret. It uses a lot of out-of-context like wording. Like I don't know who mother is in this, but I think it talks about um how like every every experience is a is a form of self-reflection in some way. I think this is the last quote. Even though we find ourselves afraid and not feeling peaceful and less than full fully loving and compassionate, we must act. There's no way you can be in an incarnation without acting. We cannot wait until we are enlightened to act. We all hear the way in which our silence is itself an act of occasions to a system that is much in action as walking. Since we must act, we do the best we can to act consciously and compassionately. But in addition, we can make every action an exercise designed to help become free or help us become free because the truth that comes from freedom and the power that comes from freedom and the love and compassion that comes from freedom are jewels we can cultivate to offer to our fellow sentient beings for the relief of their suffering. Hmm. Might take me, I might need to reread that just to get what that meant. You haven't texted me back in a while. Hopefully, maybe you're sleeping. We all hear the way in which our silence is itself an archisensi. I don't know what that word is. A keysense to a system. I do agree in how... Uh, I don't know if this is what the quote is trying to say, but I do agree that it is important to, to act and not to just sit and think. Because um, existing is a... All existing is, is is you doing things. And I guess by action... Uh, physical action is, is largely more productive than thinking about doing something. I think uh, the, the quote that always comes to mind, um, you don't think your way into new ways of living. You live your way into new forms of thinking or something like that. I don't know who says it, but I think that's a really great quote because it's true. Um, I do f feel like I get too caught up in, thoughts of self-reflection and just abstract thoughts in general and i forget to live you know you don't live life your whole you don't have to spend your whole life trying to figure it out it's largely more productive to just live life and figure it out that way i don't know if that's what that that quote meant but that's kind of like where that's what i'm taking away from it um, yeah, I think that's the last quote for that. Oh, shit. I think... I really like Ram Dass because of the same reasons that, you know, you've expressed to me. You've told me that... You've told me that he, he's, he feels very much like a friend. And he's... You can tell he's, like, the type of person to just love... Everyone, regardless of who they are, if they hate them, if they're ugly, if they're good looking, he's just, 
he's got that that skill down and you know yesterday i held you while you weren't feeling so great and i really was trying to just embrace you with as much love as i physically could and it was it was really beautiful because it taught me me seeing how i how i love you is a reminder that i have that capacity to love myself as well i've i've been struggling a lot with self love and me observing how um i express my love to you is very eye opening to how much i how much love i i have in general or my capacity to love is very high and it's very important that i i save some of that for myself because it's if i don't i won't be able to to love you as much as i as i do but yeah that was um that was the ramdas the ramdas episode i wonder if you have more yeah but that's uh i'll figure something else out that i can I can read out for you. Maybe I'll read a couple chapters of Osho Trust. It's actually very draining to sit in front of a ring light, so I might take a break. But I love you, baby, and I hope you listen to the next episode. Goodbye. Where am I? <laughs>